You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. The Mets lost their series against the Colorado Rockies this weekend, but the lineup put up a bunch of runs, and Francisco Alvarez continues to show he is a superstar on the podcast today in the first segment. I will discuss what happened in the final two games of this series, but I want to spend the remainder of the show on Alvarez. This is everything you hoped for when he was a top prospect in this system. Looks like you might have one of the best catchers in baseball for a very long time. So we're going to go through the future of this franchise with Alvarez behind the dish. Before we do, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Now, the Colorado Rockies have the Mets number this year. They lost both series to them. You don't expect that. But this one, I don't feel as bad about. Because while the Mets failed to win the last two games, I look at this series overall, and there's some things... I really appreciate. I appreciate the fact that Pete Alonso continues to hit home runs all the time. That Francisco Lindor seems to be coming out of it. Hit a few home runs. Had one that probably could have gone out. Could have had a three home run series, honestly. He looks really good. Starling Marte getting some hits. Francisco Alvarez batted in the two hole. Yes, it all happened at Coors Field. And that is also why the Mets lost this series. Because it happened at Coors Field. And things get wonky there. And there was two games where they gave up, you know, double digits. And that's definitely not a recipe for success. But overall, I look at this Mets team that is back to 500. And moving forward, I just believe so much in what they have and what they can be that I'm willing to give them a little bit of time here to fully realize that. So, yes, we're going to go through the games right now. And, you know, the last two weren't pretty. I'm happy I did a show. On Friday, if you didn't check that out, I recorded a little bonus weekend edition because Max Scherzer was awesome. And now that we have kind of the hindsight of seeing what happened in these next two games, realize how awesome he really was to get that first career victory at Coors Field because it's really tough to pitch there. And Justin Verlander, you know, I didn't think he looked awful in this one. I mean, look, obviously he gave up six runs, but... I didn't think his pitches looked bad. Like, I didn't watch Justin Verlander in this game and think, okay, that's a guy that doesn't have it, or that's a guy that's really going to be, you know, trying to find it moving forward. It's, okay, that's a guy that's pitching at Coors Field, and a lot of the luck went against him, and you know, the Rockies were able to uh, do a lot of damage, but I don't think moving forward this is some knock on what Verlander's going to be. But he put the Mets in a six-run hole, and I credit this team for finding the way out of it and actually tying this game and even taking a brief lead. You know, Pete Alonso with the home run. Uh, you had the big, big sixth inning where a lot of guys contributed, and it kind of shows the length of this lineup now when you have a Beatty in there. You know, when you have, of course, Alvarez batting ninth. Luckily today on Sunday they put him up to the two-hole, but in that big sixth inning, 
You had Jeff McNeil lead things off with a knock. Pete Alonso got a hit as well. Brett Beatty doubles home McNeil. Keeps two runners on base, both in scoring positions. Darling Marte, ground out, scores another. Mark Canna, grounded out, and they did a force play. They got Beatty at the plate. He was dead to rights on that going on contact. Mark Vientos got a hit. It was two for four in this game, I believe. Uh, so it was a good first game back in the starting lineup. Sunday, not as good to Vientos, but I hope he continues to stay in there. That hit, though, extended the inning and allowed Francisco Alvarez to continue to show the superstar that he is quickly becoming. And he hit a huge three-run homer to tie the game. And this comes after he had a triple earlier and was so excited to show everyone in the dugout that he's got wheels that he took his hand out the bag and got tagged out. So it was a rookie mistake, as Gary Cohen said, and then he more than made up with it when he tied the game. And the Mets were able to scratch another cross in the seventh to take a lead. Starling Marte with the RBI hit, but... Jeff Brigham gave up a couple. Drew Smith gave up a couple. And ultimately, the Mets lose 10-7. So, again, it's Coors Field baseball, but um, you know, not, not, not a game where I look at it and say, oh, this is a big referendum on who the Mets are moving forward. It's just playing baseball at Coors. You get to the second game. Uh, well, third game of the series. Second game is my last podcast. Uh, on Sunday, you know, Tyler McGill gives up a lead that the Mets spot him. So first he allows two in the third, right? Then the Mets have a big, big, big fourth inning. And you think, all right, they're going to find a way now to, to win this series. And you hope that McGill can hold it uh, in that inning. Pete Alonzo lead off double. Uh, Starlin Marte drew a walk. Tommy Pham doubled in two. Pham had a big game. Um, the more I watch Tommy Pham at times when he's at his best, the more you think, oh, he could function on this roster. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out all the pieces and if they make sense. It's, you know, at this point there's sometimes where I think Tommy Pham looks better than Mark Canna. Then again, Mark Canna is a better defender and a guy who his track record I trust more. But there has been moments this year where Pham has looked at the better player and he had a monster game on Sunday. Um, Canna, speaking of, drew a walk. Wardo Escobar drove in a run with a single, and then it was again Francisco Alvarez hitting a three-run homer, and the Mets had a six-to-two lead that was short-lived. Because Tyler McGill gave up four. Um, we were all four charged to him. Let me actually check that, make sure. Yeah, he had six runs earned allowed against him. Um, yeah, so McGill goes through four, ten hits allowed, um, six runs. Okay, again, a couple of them unearned, but still, just just bad stuff. Um, you know, Nogasek gives up five. That's ultimately the ball game. You know, the Mets did their damnedest to fight back, you know, to get one. In the seventh on a Lindor home run, they scratched three across in the ninth inning, get really, really close, and they emptied the bench in that ninth inning with McNeil and Beatty coming in, and, and uh, you know, McNeil came through, and, and, and Beatty ground out to drive in a run, but you know, Eduardo Escobar, who was two for five, or two for four going into that bat, but ended up two for five on the day, makes the last out, and you know, the Mets just came up a, a, a tad, tad short, but... I love the fight of this club, of the resilience, and I think overall, compared to the last series against the Rockies, where the Mets just were in the middle of just a stretch where everything was, you know, futility, uh, and you just felt like this team was going nowhere. I thought they battled, and I thought overall, um, there's a lot more optimism now than the last time these two teams met, even though they lost both series. And moving forward, you got a series against the Phillies at home. And if you win that one and 
you know, kind of get some momentum on your side going into an eventual series. This is the third series from now. That's uh, a homestand Phillies Blue Jays. And then you travel to Atlanta. Who knows? You know, you have a great homestand, and then you win a series against the Braves, and, and this ball club will be in a completely different place in you know, whatever it is, ten days from now, however however long until that Braves series ends. So, uh, I I like the direction the ball club's going even if they are still hovering at that 500 mark. And a big reason why I like where they're going is because they got a damn superstar behind the plate. Francisco Alvarez looks awesome. I want to discuss his series and his season uh, just a minute before we do. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. Of course, I'm talking about Built. You got to try these. What makes Built Bars so good is that they come covered in 100% real chocolate and with unbelievable flavors, the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the cookies and cream. And while they taste like candy bars, they come with only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait to get a box, because for years, I've been telling you to go to Built.com. And while I still recommend that if you want the mixed box, want to try a little bit of everything, or don't want to leave your house once I'm shipped to your door, if you're listening right now and you want to try a Built Bar, you can just go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You could try some of their specialty flavors. When you head to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They got the four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, the coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab yourself a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, the brownie batter or the churro puff. You can thank me later. Go to your local store and buy Built Bars today. The New York Mets play the Phillies at 7:10 Eastern Time on Tuesday night. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now Francisco Alvarez is on fire over his last 25-26 games. If you go to Fangraphs right now, as so I'm recording at 10:30 at night here, uh, and I can look at a custom date range. I look back to his first home run this year on April 23rd. All the way up until May 27th, because Fangrass has not updated the stats for the 28th, where he just hit another home run today. Okay? Across that span, you have a 25-game sample of Francisco Alvarez for the New York Mets. He's hitting 316, 388 on base, 671 slugging percentage. Now, where does that slug rank among hitters in baseball? Sixth. Okay? Behind Christopher Morrell, who has nine home runs in 16 games. Uh, Aaron Judge, Marcelo Zuna, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Salvador Perez, and then you get to Alvarez at that 671. Weighted runs created plus. Okay, that's a stat that measures hitters based on a league average of 100. This is the best way to tell how effective a player is offensively. Alvarez with a 189 WRC plus is 89% better than your league average hitter. Sixth best behind Yandy Diaz, Christopher Morrell, Aaron Judge, Gurriel Jr., and Juan Soto, who's getting on base at a 473 clip during this same span. Okay? Alvarez has seven home runs. He has 15 RBIs. He has been unbelievable. And then you take this a little bit further. You go to Fangrass wins above replacement. Okay? With a 1.5 F war 
across this now 25 game sample, he has been the fifth best player in baseball, tied with Bo Bichette, Luis Robert, uh, and behind Freddie Freeman, Juan Soto, and Wander Franco. And as you look through all those names, none of those guys are catchers. If you go to catchers across this span, where Alvarez has been awesome, he's been the best catcher in baseball, just a slight bit better than Sean Murphy. He's graded out as above average on offense. His offensive value is better than every catcher not named Salvador Perez. Um, and that's based on the offensive war. Uh, and on WRC Plus, he is the best catcher. Um, he's also slugging better than everyone but Salvi. Uh, he's getting on base better than everybody but Will Smith and Elias Diaz, who we just saw with the Rockies. His average of 316 is fifth best. He's been remarkable. And, you know, the home run power to get, you know, now it was seven. You bumped that to eight. Not to mention, again, all of these stats are not including another home run. And home runs obviously really inflate your stats, particularly stats like WRC+. He's been amazing. And you actually have another one here, weighted on base average, which measures the hitters, each each outcome, it weights it. So a home run's weighted, obviously the greatest, triple, double, you know, single walk, all of it. It's all weighted, and that's the weighted on base average, another kind of overall encompassing metric that you know, tells us how good a hitter is. At 445, best among all catchers, uh, ahead of Salvador Perez. And again, defensively, way better than Salvador Perez. This guy is amazing. Okay, what he has done, it's it's insane. He is putting up the numbers that he did that made him, you know, one of, if not, you know, by some some people, like I think Pipeline, had him as the top prospect in all of baseball. And, and I know, you know, last year, just baseball where I work, he was trending that way. Now, there were some things that kind of knocked him down the list. We had Brett Beatty ahead of them um, going into this year, but he was still, I don't know, 15 or something like that. And, and the the things that, that we saw that you'd be concerned with, which was, Obviously, the stuff I was talking about on the show, getting attacked by high heat. In quick order, he has, he has fixed that. The, the learning curve for Francisco Alvarez has just been so short. He's just found a way to get better and better and better and better and better and better to the point where you're not taking this starting job from him. He looks like the second best hitter on this team right now outside of Pete Alonso. It is insane what he has done and I don't expect it to continue like this I'm sure there's going to be a valley somewhere in this season it's not all going to be peaks but when you get a peak this good from your catcher who by the way continues to grade out above average defensively you can really dream about the future of this ball club with this guy as the face as the face because on top of everything else, he's got a great personality too. I just want to dive into that a little bit more um, in a minute here. I, I want to go through kind of the future uh, with this guy because I, I'd sign him to an extension tomorrow. I would. Um, I'd start building around him because I think star power, um, it's almost an understatement with Francisco Alvarez. So we're going to discuss that a little more in just a minute. But first, another word from our sponsors. All 
Francisco Alvarez, he's everything that you thought he was going to be as a prospect. He's more. Because I don't think anybody, when he was a prospect, was projecting him to be an above-average defensive catcher um, from jump. You know, there was always kind of the thought that athletically he could get there, that, you know, he, he, he had the arm talent and, and, you know, he, he had the ability to be quick behind the play. It was just a matter of being able to block pitches, being able to frame all those nuances. But there's one thing that I've clearly seen from, you know, what I saw of him in the minors and then even more so now that he's on this stage. I mean, this kid loves baseball. Okay, he is a baseball junkie who is probably spending more time than anyone, you know, answering all the questions you had about the defense by working as hard as possible at it. And pitchers are starting to love to throw to him. And I'm sure what helps you, you know, appreciate throwing to him is knowing that when he steps in the box with two runners on and you're down by three because you put your team in the hole like Verlander did, Alvarez can hit a three-run homer. The home run at Wrigley through the wind, remarkable. Some of the bombs that he hit against this Rockies team. Here's the thing that I was saying about Alvarez you know, when I had questions about him offensively. He's still a guy that can run into one. And what he got in this series is some hanging sliders. What he got against Marky Stroman, a hanging slider. What does he not do? Miss hanging sliders. You put that ball in a tee form, he is not going to miss it. And, you know, I said, you know, before Mark Vientos came up, that I thought he was the best home run hitter of all these prospects. And look, the minor league stats bear that out. And I think if he got consistent playing time, we might see it. But I don't know, maybe Francisco Alvarez is just one of those guys that when the lights are on him and he's in the big stage, he's going to show up. And the way that he celebrates these home runs or seeing him, you know, being on an infield hit and, you know, telling the first base coach, and here I am hitting my mic, but, you know, he's chugging his arms and he's saying, you know, know, look look at the wheels. And you just see everyone is laughing. You know, he's this goofball with his personality. Man, that stuff is infectious for a ball club. And I think playing them almost every day now has has really brought life into this team. Like I said in the last segment, I, I would extend him. I, I, he just changed his agent. Bad Bunny is representing him. The new sports agency, I'm sure they would love to ink a contract. Man, this is the type of guy that you say, you know what? Let's lock him into a number. Obviously, you don't want to say, "Hey, let's give a, a you know twenty-one-year-old catcher a fourteen-year deal." You're not going to be crazy, but you say, "Hey, you want you know an eight-year option or eight-year contract with a couple of uh, of team options on it," and you put life-changing money in front of this kid right now, and you do the Braves model, and he could just say, "Wow, I could be you know set with a whatever the contract ends up being." A eight year deal that'll pay him, you know, whatever it is, you know, eighty something million and you know, a couple options for twenty five million dollar contract, whatever it is. I mean the fact is you could sign this kid to a ten year deal and he can still know that he can hit free agency at thirty two. Or an eight year deal with the options, right? So yeah, I I'm telling you, he is so special. Um and 
if nothing else, if this season ends in disappointment, if the Mets never get it together, and uh, you know they they miss the playoffs or they make the playoffs, and you know they're a wild card team again, they're they're one and done, and you have a lot of questions going into this off season. One thing you're not questioning is the fact that you have the catcher of the future. What that also does for this ball club, as we near the trade deadline, is it does take Kevin Parada, top catching prospect you got, it does move it a little more to the forefront of your mind that, well, if you got to move one of your top prospects, who are you choosing? You're choosing Jet Williams, who has a chance to Play up the middle for you, whether that's center field, second base, shortstop, but you got Lindor, but still. Who's type of athleticism that you don't really have much of in the system? Alex Ramirez, a center fielder. Ryan Mauricio's in 350 in AAA. <laughs> who could play on this team this year? Mark Vientos, who probably doesn't have the value to. You know, kind of swing a, a deal for a top tier piece if that's what you're trying to acquire at the deadline. Or you have a, a, a catching prospect who everyone said fell to you and he was, he should have been drafted earlier last year. Who has a great hit tool and, you know, a guy that I think a lot of teams would want to have. Now you have that kind of option in, in the holster if you wanted to go to it. Or you never know, maybe that's one of these teams that'll have an incredible catching tandem. The one last thing I'll say about Francisco Alvarez is now you do have to wonder how you kind of shape this roster. And with Francis, with uh, not Francisco Alvarez, with Omar Nervaez uh, potentially being back, you know, a little over a week from now, is it June 6th, if I'm not mistaken? June 5th or June 6th? Um, regardless, early next week he could come back, and he's he's in the process of rehab. Do you go to the three-catcher look? Um and try to get Alvarez in the lineup as a DH a little bit. It's an option. It's an option the Mets would have to consider. The only thing I don't love about it is, you know, what does that really do for... I think it's... If Narvaez hits, it becomes easier because you can say on games that Alvarez is catching, well, here's a left-handed bat to come off the bench. And to me, the ideal option at that point would probably be to DFA uh, Vogelback give that extra run at DH when Alvarez is in DH into Vientos. You keep Pham on the roster for now because, look, Pham was stealing some bases. He had a great game today. Stole a couple bases in this series. Uh, you know, we'll see what you have there. He, to me, looks like a, a piece. Pham looks like a piece that fits with the young core you have more than Vogelback does. And so the more and more I see it, the more I think about it, I could see as soon as next week a decision to DFA Daniel Vogel back and who knows, maybe on waivers you can swing some type of a deal uh, and then go three catchers with Nervaez and hope that Nervaez hits a little bit. Um, that might be the move. That might be the move. But we'll see about that one. I just love watching Alvarez play baseball. I think it's the biggest takeaway I have from this series and really this season at this point. So that's going to be all though for today's edition. Locked on Mets. Tomorrow's show for all you everydayers will be previewing the first series this season, Mets versus Phillies. I'll take the time to maybe do a little bit of a state of the NL East in that as well. So make sure you check out the show. Uh, follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to listen to every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast tomorrow at 7, 10 Eastern time against the Phillies, 
You can use the Sirius XM app. Uh, that's SXM is the app. Just search Mets. And again, uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Finkelstein Ryan, and follow the show, Locked On Mets.